does fundraising look like if indeed the economy improves in 2021? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Rick Dunham. Rick is a longtime associate of the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy through his leadership of the Giving Institute, which is a collection of fundraising consultants and experts who every year put out Giving USA, the best benchmark of charitable giving in the United States from one year to the next. And Rick, it's so great to have you back with us here on the Fundraising School podcast. Uh, It's great to be here. Thank you. So Rick, again, there's nothing certain with this pandemic, and, and we hear different types of information on different days, and it can seem so conflicting, but it seems there's a consensus, whether it's the Fed at the government level, other economists and private corporations, predicting that the second half of 2021 might be the best economy in the United States in about 40 years. And again, we understand that does not mean every single individual, that there's still a lot of economic pain. Uh, But we're talking about at this macro level, a significant amount of economic growth. And fundraisers have had to adjust to the pandemic. What do they need to be thinking about now should the pandemic indeed, let's hope, dissipate as 2021 goes along? Yeah, I think think there's probably a positive view and also not necessarily a negative, but a cautionary view. Uh, the positive view I would have is coming out of 2020, um, we've talked about it before that the, the savings rate has really gone up. It's above 25%. People have cash in ways that they've not had cash in the past. So I think as we move into this second half of the year and things begin uh, to open up, your donors are in a position to be able to support you in a significant way. So I think that from a very positive point of view, uh, that's obviously very strong. The cautionary part of me is that when one of the greatest challenges to fundraising is distraction. Hmm. And as we move into the second half of the year and the economy opens up and people begin to travel more, and life begins to get back to some level of normality, my concern is that donors will become distracted. And to to whatever degree they become distracted, it's gonna be more challenging to keep them engaged. Well, that is a great point. And as we teach for the fundraising school, people are saying, asking us this question, either how do I match a great 2020 that I was fortunate to have and have a previous podcast with Rick on that exact topic, or what do I do now is the, the podcast hopefully continues to diminish and the economy becomes even stronger. And Rick, you know, at the fundraising school, we talk about one of the most important tools you you have is your fundraising case for support. This is why you are different, why you are distinct and why this particular donor uh, and how they can connect to the mission of your nonprofit organization. How much more challenging is it going to be to make that fundraising case for support if the economy is doing better, if donors are saying, you know, things are better now, and now I'm distracted because I'm traveling. What advice do you have for fundraisers? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, this is real. This is a really interesting question because back in 2020, as we were advising clients and organizations that uh, if you were relevant, if you were relevant before the pandemic and you continue to be in business, you're relevant today. The question is, how do you? steer your messaging to demonstrate your relevance in the moment. And I think I I would say the same is true for the last half of 2021. If things really begin to open up, donors begin to get distracted, it's going to be really important to um, 
refine your messaging around your case for support to demonstrate why your cause in the moment is still as relevant as ever and as important as ever and connecting the donors support to the outcome that they expect from your organization and i think if you're effectively doing that you should be able to keep your donors engaged and so keeping our donors informed staying in relationship with them and rick we know that uh, a lot of that is going to continue to happen in the digital space, even as the pandemic wanes and the economy comes back online in a stronger way. Uh, what are you seeing with your clients? Are more nonprofits hiring full-time digital fundraisers? Are you advising that they skill up with their digital skills? Uh, because again, technology never goes backwards. What are you seeing and, and what advice do you have for us? Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, also a good question because it, it, it really varies. Uh, <laughs> I actually had this discussion earlier this week with one of our folks and the challenge in the digital space is things are moving so quickly and things change so quickly. Again, you have to remember that your donors are consumers and they consume content from a variety of different platforms in a variety of different ways and how they consume that is constantly shifting. And so, uh, we're of the mindset that you've got to constantly be testing and working your way into what's working and not working in terms of keeping a donor engaged. And to that point, I think it's really critical that um, organizations be comfortable with a, uh, a regular cadence of communication. Uh, we often talk about the fact that about the time you're getting bored with a piece of information is about the time that your donors are probably beginning to understand and consume it. Because you live it 24-7, they don't. And so I think that regular cadence of communication, really keeping that messaging in front and center in front of the donors is really super critical, especially in that digital platform where one click and they are able to delete your message. Uh, so stay persistent, stay with it. If you're doing that in person, if you're doing that online, keep that cadence of communication moving forward. And I know, Rick, as we've gotten to know you over the years, uh, you give us such great advice on that personal one-on-one -on -one fundraising. A question we get at the fundraising school a lot is about special events. And of course, mm -hmm. again, everybody had to slam on the brakes and figure out how to do this online. And I just kind of wonder if some donors might say, you know what, I'm going to give the same amount whether I attend or not. I know I'm going to miss the in-person interaction, but it's going to be hard to get a babysitter or leave work early and things like that. And, you know, maybe can I can I still watch that special event online like I did last year? What, what do you think is happening with special events fundraising now is, again, hopefully the pandemic is diminishing? Yeah, I think I think we're going to continue to see somewhat of a hybrid model uh, and making it available. And frankly, uh, what's really interesting to me, especially with larger national charities where the special event uh, often, um, because of the distance donors need to travel, precludes some, the, the ability to be able to offer that event uh, to those that physically cannot attend, even if it's in, uh, uh, after the event's over, I just think there's, there's great opportunity to uh, keep a broader um, group of donors engaged than you could just with a singular physical event. What, what a great point. I, I think about a lot of us in our own personal lives, whether we celebrated somebody's graduation or commencement, maybe that baby shower or that wedding shower. And, you know, that was happening in a different state far away, but I was able to attend because of an online platform like Zoom or Teams or something like that. We could be thinking about that in the same way 
uh, with our donors and maybe some of those donors live with us at one time of the year, live in a different part of the country another time of the year, it really opens up a great range of possibility. And Rick, one of the last avenues I want to talk with you about here in 2021, we've talked about the economy and you know the Fed predicting by the second half of 2021, we'll have the uh, strongest U.S. economy in 40 years. So we've talked about the savings rate that people have, you know, 20, 25% of income now in savings. And we look at the Giving USA data that people not only have a desire to spend when the recession's end, they have a de desire to give. 2021 is also the first year of a new presidential administration. Lots of different ideas with public policy, whether it be the, uh, you know, how this affects people who itemize or not uh, with, with business tax credits and, and such. Also, you know, maybe capital gains tax rates going up, maybe business tax rates being changed. Uh, you know, how are you seeing the public policy landscape potentially affecting charitable giving in 2021 and into 2022? Well, uh, I know that there's a, a pretty significant effort uh, on the Hill right now to try to take what was put into the CARES Act last year with, as you know, the universal charitable tax deduction originally capped at $300 and went up to $600. I know that there is a group working hard and it's uh, bipartisan to put, put in place permanently the universal charitable tax deduction, $4,000 for the individual, $8,000 for a uh, couple which obviously could have a, a pretty direct impact on um, giving it. There's been some great work done by the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy over the years, looking at the impact of public policy, specifically the charitable tax deduction. We do know that there's a correlation there. So I think that could have a very positive impact. I do think that if the tax rates go up uh, and those go into effect in the beginning of uh, 2022, Obviously, there's some potential that it could do, depress some giving at year end as people push their giving to be more tax efficient into 2022. So all that's kind of up in the air right now. Something that we need to pay attention to. And again, at the fundraising school, we emphasize, yes, fundraising is a management function. You are managing your fundraising from one day to the next, one week, one month to the next. You have your plan and your goals and you're measuring accordingly. But fundraisers are also leaders. Regardless of where you are on the organizational chart, uh, you are leading. And the first job of the leader is to look outside the organization into the future to spot those trends, uh, to be aware of them before they're happening, and then communicate that to your fundraising team leading up to your CEO and leading up to your board. And Rick Dunham has allowed us to do that today as we think about possibilities for fundraising, especially in the second half of 2021. We do have the Certificate in Fundraising Leadership at the Fundraising School, comprising four courses, along with our Certificate in Fundraising Management. Now our courses are available in person or online and available with a 50% reduction through the Crisis Response Scholarship. We have custom training that we can bring directly to you, either in person or online. We have these free podcasts and quarterly webinars, and you can find all of this on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producer today is Jennifer Boffman with Rick Dunham. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.